0: Welcome back. Welcome back to the Everyday Wholeness Show with Janet Uribe and myself, Karen Stultz, where we talk and share tips and techniques and even situations that most everybody does experience at one time or another that can help us develop the inner peace and create that which is wholeness for
1: us. So welcome. Hey, Janet, how are you today? Hello. Good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, whenever you're seeing us. Hello.
0: (laughs) Or listening to us on the podcast. Yes.
1: (laughs) The Everyday Wholeness Show. (laughs) All right. So today... I don't know if many of you know this, a lot of times we'll just channel what's going to be the topic or we'll allow the collective to tell us what's going to be the topic of today's discussion. But right before we jumped on, Karen said, I had a few explosions happen. And then I just thought to myself, oh, my ears are wide open. Let's go. <laughs> Let's well, go.
0: yeah, it's usually Janet that comes out here and says, yeah, I, I was blowing up on the side of the road. <laughs> but it happens to all of us, and I am no exception. And I, I have to say, uh, our last week's episode about the senseless shootings in Texas mm-hmm. uh, w- was with me a lot. And I think it was with most of us a lot, and still is. Um, and the... Uh, The challenge was that there is so much news telling us what is wrong, but offering no suggestions. And in my personal opinion, creating more trauma. Now, with that said, Janet and I are are experts at helping alleviate the trauma that keep us from being whole. And it, it just blew up. I was in a, a situation where I had lots of um therapists around that were just soaking all this trauma up, just saying, yes, look at all of this. And isn't this too bad? But nobody was offering solutions. And that is where. We come from. Yeah. Janet and I both. We, there, there is a solution. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it takes time. Uh, and, and it takes determination. That choice mm-hmm. factor, that decision to make the change is also there. So I was surrounded by people who wanted to live in the trauma and soak it all in. And I couldn't take it. And I, I just started crying. I just sat
1: there and started crying. Yeah. And there's that factor, right? That like traditional therapy does have us repeat our stories oftentimes. And at the end of the day, you're right. What is the solution? What does it look like? Who's stepping up and forward? And something else, you know, there's things that you were mentioning, how, how for the person that does bring the solution, it can take different tries. It can take different attempts. It, you know, there's so much about this that's very difficult to remove from a whole human being or a whole system, because ultimately there is such a thing as fear that lives within us and none of us would really know how we would react unless we were accustomed to being in that situation consistently, unless we had exposure practice. So for those of you or any of you who may feel like, look, this is where they went wrong. This is what happened and they can't believe it. Yes, I'm not even going to disagree. Perhaps things could have been handled differently, but ultimately these are not scenarios that we are in all the time. And if you stop to think for a moment when you were in a scenario where you did not know how to react to a certain situation, or perhaps you're in paralysis from fear, stunned, shocked, the whole psychology of a human being can freeze. And you can see that in various elements of your life. Perhaps you're someone who can love unconditionally and you are a hugger. You can go hug someone. But if you're the kind of individual who perhaps does carry some trauma or discomfort around other human beings and physical touch, then it will be an awkward scenario for you. The idea here being is that we're not trying to crucify the whole system. We're not trying to place more judgment or more fear the could haves, would haves, should haves, but rather here we have an example. What do we do with it?
0: And that's the key, isn't it? And that was, that was for me, the, the big challenge and recognizing that things happen. It's gone. It's past, It's done. You don't want to walk away and forget it. You want to learn from it. You want to find out what you can do, what could be done in the future, so that we can continue to improve without laying any more trauma on those poor babies that were, that are living right now. Yeah, and, and bringing it and and focusing all of that in the news, it yeah. that just hurt my soul. That people that news media. We're doing these horrible things to these poor children who had no, no resources. They're not old enough to really have the resources at this point. They needed adults to help them protect them, to help them feel better rather than, hey, yeah, all right, let's let's interview them. That just destroyed me. Wow. And 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 I said, this is not helpful this is not helpful in any way, shape or form. And like I said, the, the therapist that I was with said, Karen, are you all right? And I blew up. I said, no, I'm not. All right. This is not right. But again, getting, what can an individual do about it? And the the thing to remember is that we cannot control what went on. It's done. Those, Excuse me, imbecile reporters interviewing these poor traumatized children and just instilling more trauma in them was more than I could handle.
1: Gosh, I'll be Karen, you know I don't watch the news. I have to stay away from that frequently. And and that was the other thing. Yeah.
0: My the people I was talking to said, oh, I never watch the news. I never watch the news, but six times I counted six times we walked in the house and the first thing out of their mouth was where's the news i have to turn on the news and yet on the other hand no i never watched the news and Mm -hmm. i'm saying there's a disconnect here and we need to take responsibility for ourselves our speech and like i i told them i said They offered to talk about it more with me. And I said, look, I told you, I say what I mean, and I mean what I say, and what I saw was abominable. I can't do anything about it that is done. So what is the solution? What is the solution? And the solutions, and we talked about that last week, Janet, you and I, some of the solutions that we can do, uh, and that is contact people, write our Congress, write the people who have power to do something about guns. But this is every day. This is our everyday wholeness. So what can we do? And one of the things that we can do is learn ways to soothe ourselves with kindness, understanding, allowing and loving ourselves. Know that we have control over ourselves and only over ourselves. So I did a lot of tapping, Janet. That's how I got through it. I did a lot of tapping and it was um, very helpful for me. And that's what I do with my clients as well in the heart energy techniques. Tapping is a big part of it. But that's something that anybody can do to release a little bit, if not all, of what the experience may be so that they can choose to go forward with a clear response as opposed to reaction. Does that make
1: sense? (laughs) It does. It does. It actually makes you want to, it it brings to mind, you're right, we can only control Our immediate environment, but you know, in spirituality, there's a lot of these contradictory statements. (laughs) There's these contradictory statements of have good boundaries. Oh, but we're all one. (laughs) Right? We could keep going on those for a long time. There's so many. Oh yeah, (laughs) many boundaries that boundaries. Um, there's so many things that contradict itself within the spiritual arena and. And one thing I would like to bring to everyone's attention that came to mind for me personally in this last week, since we last spoke was there's the idea that things like world peace and the ever evolving human being comes from only doing your own work. Cause that's what we have control over. And it is true. We are responsible for our own work, our own energetic field and human human energy field. We're responsible for that. But at the same time, and and it took me a few experiences to put some stuff together. I had this one exchange with someone not too long ago. And my partner said, if I see that exchange like that happen again, I'm standing up for you. And I said, I think about it. Why would why do you want to get in my in my messy lane? What why would you stand up for me? I have awareness that this is happening for me because you know what? I'm learning how to self-advocate, speak my voice and my truth. So these circumstances that are happening serve purpose for me. But let me tell you what he brought to light for me, because I was first trying to negate what he was trying to do. Don't you know? This is part of my curriculum. I need to figure it out. He said, well, here's the thing. You've already told me that this is not a strength for you. And just like you would do for a child, you would protect them, advocate for them, stand up for them to show them the example until they learn how to do it for themselves. And I was floored. It's called love. Yeah. I was floored. You see, I had not been experienced to, I hadn't, I didn't have a lot of experience receiving that from my parents as a child. So it was evident to me that he had, he even gave me an example where his dad stood up for him in a very specific situation and went and spoke to another family on his behalf to protect his son. And although there were instances where I know my parents probably have some things like that, they've done like that for their children, they weren't big enough, or I wasn't seeing them with a a lens clear enough to really understand the concept of what was happening because there were, again, a lot of contrast in my home and contradictory Mm -hmm. things in my home, but Also, being able to self-advocate and love oneself does come and stem from value, worth, and self-love. So something that you said, you know, these children didn't have someone doing that for them as they were being interviewed. Mm. Just as they didn't have someone for them doing that when they were being murdered. I won't even
0: go into what
1: some of them did to survive. Yeah. So to me, it's very interesting, both as the curriculum, but also as the adults that we are, that we're here to protect our babies. But listen to this for just a second. I even realized that as an adult and as a parent myself, I've had plenty of circumstances where perhaps I could have stuck up for my kids more. I
2: mm-hmm.
1: didn't mm-hmm. because Even I didn't have that type of self-worth and value. And so fear will come forward and be the driving force and the lead behind a lot of the actions or, friends, inaction that happens in general for our life circumstances. Where is your action or inaction? And by the way, yes, I am referring to the children, to our children. Because this is a collective piece, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between those identified genders. This is a collective that we are living together. They are our children. How are we advocating for them? Similarly, do you know how to advocate for them if you don't even know how to advocate for yourself? So here we go. We go back into that. You're responsible for self. And as you learn to do it for self, you'll learn to do it for another but if the value's not there, if the worth isn't there, if the self-awareness isn't there, then it gets a little difficult to advocate for self. But you know, but what what most of us, what most of humanity will do, is point fingers,
0: the blame game, the blame yeah.
1: game, and that is the the
0: most um, ineffective energy use is the blame game. And again, oftentimes people will say, well, I never blame anybody else. I blame myself. Well, that's, you're still blaming. Yeah. When in fact, that's where the guilt comes from. That's where the shame comes from. We blame ourselves. We might've learned to do that at our mother's knees, but, or our friends or whatever. However, with that said, blaming serves zero purpose. It okay. just makes you feel horrible in the long run. If you can blame other people, then maybe it makes you feel a little less horrible. If you take the responsibility, then it makes you feel horrible. So I I am just full disclosure, we have to be responsible for ourselves. And indeed, just like you, Janet, Uh, I had, my kids are grown and gone and my grandkids are almost as old as Janet, for crying out loud. But um, they, and and I look back and I think, dang it, The, the stuff I put them through, because I was afraid. The fear factor was there. I, and I didn't stand up the way I wanted to. For the kids. However, when that was said, I did stand up when it was really needed. And you're never too old to grow. That is something I've learned as well. Age has nothing to do with it we grow, we do the best we can at any particular moment in time and recognize that where we are, if it is not what you like, if it is not what you feel you should have done, then look at the information you had at the time and allow yourself, if you were given that same situation with the same information, with the same everything, would you have done the same thing? And if the answer is yes, which most of my clients will say yes, because I didn't have the information that I know now, they would have done the same thing. So why are we blaming? Just celebrate right now that we have learned. We have found a solution so that we don't have to go through that again. So that we we can be supportive when we need to and stand back and allow others to grow. Because they are standing in their own power. And being and growing and testing and trying. And. Knowing when to stand. To step in. That. I, I finally, I remember that one time my daughter was in high school and she was having a very difficult time. And I, I, uh, her teacher had kind of blown her off. Well, all right. It was a computer class. My daughter was not into computers. She knew nothing about, this is way back when computers were new. She knew nothing. And it, w- it was a challenge. It was a real challenge. And rather than helping the teacher was shaming and i had grown to a point where i said this is not acceptable i'm not going to allow my daughter to be shamed by this teacher also knowing that the shame was coming from the teacher not towards my daughter but my daughter was picking up on that shame that the teacher was saying but It was really her shame because she was not a teacher, obviously. And she knew it. She knew it. Bottom line of all of that was I told the teacher I was coming in to see her. And I went in and the teacher wasn't there. She took the day off. She knew what she had been going through. She knew that she was not being helpful in any way, and she knew she had done wrong. The next day, my daughter came home and said, mom, you don't need to see her. She has turned right around and she came over and offered to help me. So she was learning, she recognized, she knew but she needed to have that extra push from a parent to make the change, and my daughter needed to know that I would stand up for her, even though I never actually showed up. I, I tried, I tried to show up, but it, anyway. So as long as we take responsibility for what we can do, and. Stand in our power when needed and let others grow when they need to, and not to blame. Blaming is a waste of time and energy, and Mm -hmm. it just makes people feel bad, either yourself or somebody else.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, if if you're someone who's having trouble with even understanding the blame, well. And I've said this many times, there's no malevolent or benevolent action that comes from a malintended place. It's usually from wanting to feel better. Blame is often taught, as you said, at, your, at a parent's knees. But similarly, individuals tend to feel better by pe- being able to be right over wrong. hmm right over wrong and that energy as you said is wasteful it really doesn't give us a trajectory yeah
0: yeah so what can we do about it janet what can we do when we're in that situation because life is life and things do show up and the the blame and the shame and the
1: um traumas do occur. They do. Well, really it's oftentimes, and so funny, I was just doing some work around letting go and it's fascinating to me because in my, I'll give you an example, and I'm sure many people out there can relate to it. There was an indiscretion in my marriage and it would have been very easy to, for my ex-partner and I to have been in the right versus wrong for the rest of our lives. Who did what? Truth of the matter is there are many indiscretions along the way of how we showed up for a marriage. Affair or no affair, lies or no lies, presence or no presence, time or no time, love language or no love language, doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, my friends, when we start looking to point fingers or we start looking to place blame, it is no different from looking to feel better. So when did we learn it? When did you first learn this concept? Well, I'll be honest with you. You learn it in everyday experience in the newspapers. You learn it in the Disney movies. You learn it in pop culture. You learn it in the way that we villainize individuals and look for heroism everywhere else. Even in this uh, new, what is, there's something going on pop culturally. What is it? The, there's a Johnny Depp. And oh, yeah. Um, yeah. This and, I don't know what. Yeah. And Amber heard trial. And it's fascinating to me because I've been witnessing amongst individuals in my spiritual community of Oh, it's the classic case of an empath and a narcissist. (laughs) Blame the narcissist. The narcissist is in the wrong yet, my friends. I hate to tell you this. For those of you who are ready, this will resonate. For those of you who are not, listen again in two years, okay? (laughs) Individuals who are the empath in such a scenario, signed on for the narcissist. It is part of an evolutionary curriculum. It is part of a growth plan. It is part of breaking up paradigms. And what is the narcissist to learn from the empath? Probably the same thing.
0: If if we open ourselves to that possibility, just, just open to the possibility, you don't have to accept it. You don't have to say, yes, I'm a narcissist. Yes, I'm an empath. Yes, I'm, I'm whatever. But open to the possibility that these things are occurring, that there could be a lesson that could be learned, and making that decision, that intention, that choice to feel whole to feel good, to feel
2: your worth,
0: because you are so valuable, my friends. You are so valuable, whether you feel like it right now or not, you are. And you're making a difference for different people. And one of the big things that helped me Uh, I I went through life saying, well, these things were just meant to be, they were just meant to be, especially if they were good, they were just meant to be, and people would say, well, how do you meet your husband, well, (laughs) it was meant to be, that's all, and it truly was, it was a designed situation. There's no question about it. The universe brought us together. And it was it, it's things are meant to be just the way they are supposed to be. What we do with those things is our choice. But our there are no coincidences and that was a hard thing for me to understand. What do you mean? there are no coincidences. And once you understand that really, truly, like Janet was saying, we contracted to meet the empath and the narcissist. We contracted to connect in different ways. And if you look at it as a possibility to grow in this lifetime, to make a difference in this lifetime, so that we don't have to repeat these same situations that brought us into this lifetime. And there are no coincidences. There are things we are here to do. And you may not know what those are. Heaven knows I don't know, but we're still moving towards what feels good? If it feels good, it's right. If you're not hurting yourself or somebody else and it feels good, it is right.
2: And go with it, have no shame. It's, it's, it's good and it's right.
0: If you are hurting yourself or somebody else and it feels good, That's probably not a smart thing to do (laughs) in the long run. In the long run.
1: And at the end of the day, my friend, I will tell you what, I have been witness to many things that have not felt good, but they were for me. So sometimes I feel that an individual may find themselves in a situation. And I'll give you an example. Long time ago, I was in a session with my mentor and I was in a lot of self-judgment that day. Guys, I have days of self-judgment, just like some of you guys.
0: No, Janet, come on. What are you doing?
1: what did we talk about this? Okay. And so while I was there, she said, you know, sometimes, sometimes she didn't say an absolute when a man and I aren't seeing like when we're not getting to where the trajectory would like to be, where we would like the trajectory to be, find myself shaming them. Mm. And I thought, oh my God, you're kidding. And she said, no, I find myself shaming them. What do you get from that? What do you gather from that? Why? She was real like, get to it, class, get to it. And I said, because there are elements of law of attraction and because you were in the flow and allowed what was coming forward out of your voice to transpire with these individuals, you're of love, you're a loving person. So am I, but the idea is this, when you're in the flow and you're allowing, what needs to be delivered will be because there is something to be learned on the other side of that as well. So to me, this is wholeness because something might not feel super great. I yelled at my kid one day. You remember that, Karen? We were on the phone one day, you and I talking. about it. I blew up up on him. Like all the devil horns came out. Okay, guys, I look like a monster. You mean like me
0: last week? With my (laughs) blow up? with, With people that I love?
1: I was even like, get in the effing car! Okay, I swore at my children, ladies and gents, that happened my one child at that day. Oh, he was getting real fiery and I matched his fire. But guess what? I matched his fire. So it took me to going through a couple of sessions with mentoring and such and, and sitting with my own guides of, hold on, Janet, did that serve a place? Would it have been better to let him get aggressive and try to overpower you? Would it have been better To allow him to proceed with what he was doing with his body physically, trying to tower over you because he is bigger than you? Or would there have been a place that was of higher wisdom to match his energy, put up the boundary, show him the standard? And so what if it came with a stupid word that meant business? Sometimes you have to say
0: those things to get the point across.
1: And here's the thing. It served purpose. Did it feel good when it came out of me? Not necessarily. I'll be real honest. There were tears afterwards. I didn't like it. When I get real enraged, there's, it's an emotional wet face. Okay. Lots of tears, but at the end of the day, it didn't feel good, but it felt needed. Yeah. Yeah. Needed. It felt it was required at that moment. And so sometimes friends, we have the ability to respond probably more wisely or not. You know, if I would have done that to my parents when I was a kid, it would have come with a lot more like serious consequences. Yeah. So the idea being I did my part, I did what resonated with who I was at that moment today. I would de-escalate it sooner.
0: <laughs> However, well, I- given the the exact situation at the exact same time without the understanding of what was actually going on and how you could respond to it in the future. You don't, you don't go through all of that at that moment in time.
1: But I also showed my child, oh, your mom's a badass. Don't fuck with her.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, that that's kind of good because that way too, they recognize their boundaries with other people
1: especially their mom yeah and so ultimately friends you know I could I was in judgment over this for like a week but it took time to recognize there is a time and there is a place and allowing things to be instead of being perfect because before I would be perfect 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 hold it in keep it in keep it strapped in Janet don't let it out but I was being walked all over by many people so the idea of being friends, like even though, yeah, don't, don't do things if they don't resonate and you have that time to really respond and think and so on. However, I promise you similarly, the individual who did have to stop that shooter at Ovalde, it probably didn't necessarily resonate within his heart to have to stop the shooter either, Yeah, but action was taken. So the idea being Wholeness is also sometimes doing things that you may not necessarily feel comfortable with, but also understanding what resonates and what doesn't for you. Yeah. So even though there were many things that went wrong in this specific scenario, and I know that your original question was, how do we deal with the blame and the shame and the guilt that comes with it? The idea is just observe it and know that it is part of your wholeness of where you are now, today. And sometimes these things that do transpire with us collectively as brothers and sisters, humans, happen for us to learn from them as well. So for me, as awful and atrocious the acts were, I don't also want to let them go without using them for my own growth And I have been quite a bit, really reflecting, seeing what is the resolution, what is the solution. The truth is, the solution is not black and white, and it's not just one, it's not just for one person. Each of us have our own unique role of what resonates and what does not. Some of us are better at writing letters than others. Some of us are better at guarding our own children's schools than others. Some of us are better at creating safety plans. Some of us are mega organizers. Some of us are excellent, excellent designers to design safer entrances. So the thing is, if this was meant to just be resolved by one person, then that one person would suddenly show up and, and then they'd find the role. Guys, if you don't see that everything that happens is actually for all of us to work together and collaborate, Because each of you came in with your own unique gifts and your own unique abilities to contribute. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. What is yours? Sit with that. What is your unique attribute? What is your unique ability in this divine matrix? What is it? Are you a neighborhood watch type of person? Are you someone who could perhaps provide mental health screenings as a service to humanity? Are you someone who actually is very good at working with individuals who are very deeply hurt and broken and need an ear or a friend or a community member? Are you someone who's very good at bringing communities together to even orchestrate straight this whole idea to begin with? what are your traits? What are your attributes? What are your gifts? What are you good at? What resonates with you? Who are
2: you? That's
0: so key. And if you are having issues of Wait a minute, Janet, I don't know who the heck I am. I don't know what my gifts are. I'm just me. I don't have any gifts. I don't have any attributes. I have I, I don't have anything. That is bull hockey guys. That's just total bull hockey. Mm-hmm. You, we all have gifts. I don't care who you are or what your limitations may be. We all have a gift. I have a cousin who has Down syndrome and he cannot speak. He can sign American Sign Language. And he is a master
2: gamer. He's actually able to
0: make money gaming. And he, he makes people laugh. He has the best sense of humor in the world. And he has taught everybody around him that ketchup is the best thing to put on every piece of food that they possibly, possibly have. Ketchup is the go-to food, just like who was a president Reagan suggested ketchup for all lunches. So he's, he, he loves his ketchup, but it's, That is a gift. The people who are feeling down because we have more of a um, knowledge of what is actually going on, of reality.
2: Having people like my cousin with Down syndrome, to be able to laugh, to be able to escape, to be able to have fun, that is a gift.
0: So if you are, even if it's just for a short time, finding a way to release, to relax, to allow a space to open so that You can be who you were meant to be. And your gifts will shine. Even if you don't recognize them right now, your gifts will shine. It took me 60 years to realize what my gift was. And now it's been great, but it took me a long time to get to that point and to be able to release, not in its entirety, because I'm still growing, I'm still learning. And I will share that tapping is one of the best things that you can possibly do, even if it's just in your imagination. Tapping on your energy meridians to release the en- negative energy that may be building up inside of you because you may be in a situation where you cannot explode. You cannot, it's not socially acceptable. You have to have a way of releasing.
2: And if you don't have the power to get up and walk out, then find a way
0: to release. And I, just tapping on the inside of your, uh, with your thumb, right on the side of your fingernail, press right on the side of your fingernails. That is an energy meridian that can help release. Grabbing a hold of your wrist with the palm on the inside of your opposite wrist. Those are energy meridians. And just focusing on that. At the same time, expressing how you are really feeling, preferably out loud. But if you are in a situation where you can't do it out loud, do it silently.
2: Mm-hmm. This is
0: not suitable. This is the worst. This is awful. What can I do? Now, they're tapping points all over your body. The ones that are told to you are usually around the head, uh, chin, neck, top of the head. But if you listen in, if you close your eyes, you will notice that your hand will automatically go to where it needs to tap to release the tension that may be going on inside of you. And it could be the side of your eye, it could be your eyebrow, it could be your chin, it could be your your neck, it could be your knees. Your hand will go to where you need to tap, to release that negative energy. Once that negative energy has been released, then we can start inserting the positive thinking, at least to get you
2: through, even if it's just for a few minutes to get
0: you through. And oftentimes it's a lot more than a few minutes, but if even if it's just for a few minutes. Uh, I would be honored to share with you, to have a a Zoom call with you and and do some of the heart energy techniques to feel better, whatever
2: that is. If you are are ready to release and not hang on to the trauma
1: forever. (laughs) i was was about to interject something related to that and then you know what friends and if you are hanging on to some traumas i think that's something else maybe we've talked about this in the past um there's a tendency in the spiritual walk or community or teachers field whatever we want to call it that the goal the end game is to overcome the trauma overcome the trauma overcome the trauma overcome the, the trauma however there's also this component of sometimes the trauma is a contributor to something that is of benefit to us or perhaps to another
0: uh, it, it doesn't so, have to be an either or you it doesn't can have to be overcome or. the trauma mm-hmm. so that and when you overcome the trauma, basically what you're doing is removing the trigger. There we go. To make you feel badly, uh-huh. to make you feel the fear, to make yeah. you feel the angst, to make you feel the anger. Yeah. It, it's removing that trigger. So it doesn't get rid of anything that happened because whatever happened is a
1: reality in yeah. your mind. And it does have some kind of purpose for our soul for our person for our human collective collaboration there's a purpose for it but like karen said the trigger itself especially when the triggers get bigger and bigger
0: Um,
1: if, if you don't if
0: you if you were not willing to release it if you're not willing to recognize that this happened and now i can use it as a teaching experience instead of poor me Mhm. Mhm. I, I that was something else that was going on this past week too was Everyone has trauma. As I think Janet you were you were telling me about Teal Swan who described trauma as I wrote it down here oh good as um distress without resolution. And when you create that resolution, when you release that trigger so that you can have that resolution, then the trauma no longer has any negative effect on you. It simply happened. And now we can move forward and we can help others move forward is my feeling personally. So When somebody says, oh, well, you had people to help. You had people that cared. It doesn't take away from the fact that my trauma was still my trauma that affected me for many, 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 many years Mm -hmm. because I didn't know how to release it. I buried it
2: and then it blew up.
0: as opposed to hanging on to that, this is my story and I'm not letting go of it. I had a traumatic effect and the only people who can understand my traumatic effect, even though I was never in the military, never in the war, never anything, are soldiers who have been blown up. They're the only ones that can even begin to understand the trauma that I have had. Well, that may be the case. Are you willing to let go of the triggers that and, and, and rewrite that story so that you can be an impact for others without hanging on to the poor me?
2: If you are,
0: Janet and I are here for you. If, this is something you want to hang on to. We may not be the right people for you. But if you want to release those triggers, to understand them more, to and the more you understand, the easier it is to make the life adjustments to move forward when you know what to look for, the questions to ask. And... How spirit is always here, ready, willing, and able to help you. And as Janet says, they're always here, whether we like it or not. They're here. I told somebody that yesterday, Janet. And uh, they said, okay, glad you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I said, sorry. It 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 that it, it, it's the truth, deal with it.
1: That's- you don't
0: have to you, you don't have to know it. It
1: just that's yeah, you know, I love watching cats all the time because I, I find that we're often looking at the same thing.
0: Yeah, the cats, I love it, yeah. I'm like, oh,
1: good, I'm not the only one that sees this.
0: And it together. <laughs> that's it, that's it. And sometimes you have that feeling, that intuition, that little tap on your shoulder and say, oh, where did that come from? Oh, look at that. I had a tap on the shoulder and now I see what I was looking for right over there. How cool is that?
1: Yeah. You're never disconnected friends. I think that's another thing that I think I find interesting through my mentors that I've had is um, there's this idea that we're disconnected, ungrounded, disconnected, not meditated. I haven't meditated today. I'm not connected. And friends, you have life force energy pumping through your body at all times. And you yourself are your own energy field. Friends, If you were disconnected, your body would be down. You you would have no breath. You wouldn't be alive. I promise you. If you can hear me speaking, you're connected.
0: (laughs) I love it. Oh, I can't believe our our time is almost up, Janet. Um, But our friends, um, please do reach out to us. And please come to the magical tea party magical tea party that Janet and I have every third Thursday of the month at 11 a.m. Eastern. And anybody can come. Anybody can learn, enjoy, share, speak up. Don't speak up. You have an opportunity if you so desire and you get The readings from Janet, you get card readings from me, and a wonderful collective of people to love and support.
1: Real fun, my friends. June 16th is the next one. Awesome. Awesome.
0: So thank you again for joining us for the Everyday Wholeness Show, and we'll see you next week.
2: Bye,
1: guys.